I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work at Home Edition. So I've been interviewing uh, the representatives all, of all the different colors. So today we have Blue with Ethan Fleischer. Hey, Hi, Ethan. Mark. So we're going to talk all about Blue. So you have the record of being the the, the member with the longest, um, representing the same color for the longest amount of time. That's right. I've been uh, the Blue Color Pie Counselor for as long as the Color Pie Council has existed. Yes. Everybody else, every other color has had multiple people, but you are the... Uh, You've been Blue's, say, you know, watcher the whole time. So um, so I think as we talk Blue, hopefully you've thought a lot about Blue. So It's true. Okay. So first up, let's talk about where, what do you think of the state of Blue right now? Let's, let's, let's start there. I think that Blue is in a really good spot right now. I think that uh, we've identified some challenges for blue in the last few years that uh, we've overcome but in general it feels like when i work with the uh lead designers of various sets they have a really clear understanding of uh what blue is supposed to do and what blue is not supposed to do so it is a uh a relatively quiet color and we've only identified a small number of sort of structural issues that need to be solved with blue Okay, so A, I want to talk about the challenges we just talked about, and B, we'll talk about the continuing structural challenges. So let's talk, what were the challenges the last couple of years with Blue? The, the big challenge uh, of the last few years with Blue has been how our limited environments evolve. We found that uh, the most fun types of limited environments are ones with strong threats, but also strong answers so that uh, you can meet those threats. And the, the most fun type of threats that uh, we found that players like to play with is creatures. And so finding ways for blue to be able to answer creature threats in a way that feels blue, but also doesn't adversely affect non-limited formats uh, has been sort of the biggest challenge I think that we've struggled with on and off over the last few years. Okay, and how have we, how have we solved that? What's our, our answer has been? Yeah, so we experimented with a lot of different things and uh, sort of things have gone on and off the list of acceptable things for Blue to do over the years as we sort of tried to find our feet and figure out which were the types of things that, that uh, were fine and which were things that caused unforeseen problems elsewhere. So uh, a couple of examples of that. Um, there's an effect that, uh, like on an instant, that can turn a creature into a 1-1 one, one, or a 0-1 until end of turn. And that was something that we used to do, and then we said, no, let's not do that. It feels too much, it, it, it's too much of a, a strong answer. It's sort of, uh, as long as that creature is being blocked or is blocking, that creature's going to die because it's a 1-1 one, one or a 0-1. Uh, and that felt a little too strong for blue for us for a while. But... Uh, as we, as we continued to look at different options, we decided that sort of effect was appropriate uh, and back on the table. An example of sort of the other type of example is uh, effects like Pongify or Raven Form, which exile a creature and replace it with a token. Now, these types of effects were fine and limited, uh, because a token is relevant in limited. A 3-3 ape token is not bad. That's a respectable creature in limited. 
but uh, and even in constructed these these effects tended to be fine and like they were they were things that people would use, but they weren't sort of the go-to removal spells in constructed formats. Because um, you know even in even in standard constructed like. A three three is respectable. It's it's obviously you don't want to put a hill giant in your deck, but uh, you know it's it's still relevant on the battlefield. But um, in commander, with the higher life totals and the uh, larger number of players, a card like Pongify becomes one of the best removal uh, spells in the format, uh, and that's true of, of Raven Form as well. And that was a problem, right? At that point, the color's identity is diluted because blue is supposed to be the worst at removing creatures. And instead it had one of the best creature removal spells. Um, and so power is so contextual and different formats have different power levels. So eventually we, we decided no more Pongify style effects. I believe the last one was in Dominaria United on the, uh, the saga that was uh, to the phasing of Jalfir. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting about Commander, uh, we've talked a lot about how we spent time on white and red, about like, like how we had to improve them because the natural qualities of Commander really harm red and white in that it really plays against some of their strengths. Right. Blue's in the opposite camp, right? Blue and green, I, I would say, in that Commander plays to blue strengths, and so blue is kind of naturally stronger, so we have to be... Some of what we had to do in blue was pull back on some stuff because some things get even stronger in that format. Yeah. Another example of the types of spells that are have very different power levels in different contexts are counter spells. Uh, it's pretty hard to make a counter spell that's playable and limited. You have to to really make something pretty strong for you to want to play that in limited. Uh, but uh, almost always, if something is strong enough to be played in limited, if a counterspell is strong enough to be played in limited, it will be playable and constructed and may very well be too strong for constructed uh, to the point where it makes the format really unfun. So uh, that's another example of the types of effects where we really have to uh, tow a very careful power level line in order to sort of hit that narrow band where like, okay, you would consider this unlimited, but it's not too strong for constructed. So what are the challenges? You said there's still some challenges upcoming. What are the upcoming challenges to deal with? Uh, I, I don't think there are upcoming challenges okay. that I, that are on my radar. I really feel like we've, the, the main challenge just going forward is keep identifying um, ways for blue to interact with creatures and limited. So there are a lot of different strategies that we can use for that. Uh, one of the ones I really like is an aura that transforms a creature into some other kind of creature. You know, it, it turns it into a wall or something. Um, because that feels blue, you can sort of render this creature irrelevant, but it's removable. If somebody casts disenchant on that aura, their creature is back to normal. Uh, so it captures the, the same sort of transformation flavor that something like Pongify does, but in a way that is less permanent and doesn't impact Commander adversely and uh, just is healthier overall for the game. So there's something else we added to Blue. Uh, this was more for Limited, I believe, than for anything else. But uh, there's a creature ability that we added to Blue. Do you want to talk about how Vigilance... Oh, that's true. How did Vigilance yeah, become added... a Blue thing? <laughs> 
Yeah, we added Vigilance to Blue recently. Um, I'm trying to remember all of the context of how that decision took place, because for, for our players, it feels very recent, right? It was just in the last couple of sets, but for us, it was like two years ago or something. I, I have my memory of what happened. You want me, I, like, all right, your memory I, is a little better than mine. I so think Adam that. Prozac, um, who's one of our set designers, um, was trying to solve something in one of his sets, and he pitched the... like. We, in the past, in the distant past, Blues dabbled a little bit in Vigilance. Um, and in fact, when we were going to move Vigilance to a second color, our choices were blue or green at the time. Uh, and we ended up going to green rather than blue because green just had more, like, the things you would put Vigilance on in green were more different than the things you would yeah. put it on in blue. That blue Vigilance copied white a bit more. Um, but I think we, we've recently, or not in the last couple of years, we've sort of come to the groups of that abilities could be in three colors rather than two colors between primary and secondary. And so we've we've been more willing to add another color to stuff. And uh, Adam, I think, made the pitch. It came to our, you know, he brought it to the console colors and said, hey, we think, you know, set design, play design thinks that vigilance would be a real big help uh, if we could add that in. Uh, and so they came to us to talk about it and talk about, okay, what what do we say? <laughs> Right. Well, it, it really allows blue to be more proactive to have, to have threats that uh, can advance the game state, while also sort of uh, continuing with blue's strategy of being the most defensive color. Right. Vigilance allows you to both attack and defend. Uh, yeah. We we looked at the the situation. We we were looking at like how do uh, white cards and blue cards how should they uh, differ. Um, we did come up with some, you know, we kind of thought, oh, maybe blue should be a little more toughness statted than, than power statted. Though, though ultimately, I don't think we came up with a very strong definition for how to separate blue and white vigilance cards from each other. We have. Um, it's a work in progress. We're still trying to figure out, like, green clearly has very different vigilance because it does big beefy things that neither white or blue tend to do. Um, right, because green's big challenge is that Oftentimes, when it's playing against a, a go-wide deck with lots of creatures, it can play a 7-7 or something, and the the enemy army can just attack straight into it, sacrificing one of their small creatures and, and keep uh, keep hitting green. Uh, so Vigilance offers a tool for, for green to advance the, the game state uh, and still, still be able to uh, block those little creatures. Yeah, the other thing to bring up, just I, um, so Blue always had the ability to untap itself. And right. so, like it, vigilant Drake from uh, what was that? Yeah. Like, versus Legacy. So I mean, I it's one of those things where it's not like Blue couldn't like like Vigilance wasn't really pushing Blue in some area that Blue couldn't do. We just sort right. of said, you know, so that was another we, big thing. It's like it's not that Blue can't attack and then somehow be in a state where it, it can be, you know, it can block. So. It, right. We we do tend to when we're evaluating cards and mechanics for colors, we do tend to think about whether. A, uh, a card or mechanic is problematic on a uh, sort of aesthetic level where like, okay, this looks like another card. It has words that resemble the words on another card, which in the case of blue and vigilance is uh, that's, that was the issue there. Like these blue cards look like white cards. Um, and then we all, but then the, the sort of more serious uh, concern is the uh, strategic concern where like, this is, allowing the card the the color to do something strategically that it was unable to do 
with the tools at its disposal. And that's much more of a red flag where if, if something has, if a new strategy has opened up for a color, that's significant, that's important, and it needs to be done mindfully uh, and with, uh, with purpose. Uh, but certainly vigilance, as you, as you say, like blue can already untap its creatures if it wanted to attack and then block on the next turn. Uh, it had the tools to do that. It just uh, didn't have a simple keyword that allowed it to do that. Okay, so I want to examine what has been added to Bloom the last couple years and what has been taken away from Bloom the last couple years. Um, obviously, we've talked about a few things that got added, like Vigilance. Anything else that's been added to Blue that's sort of a, a, a new thing Blue has? I'm, nothing's jumping to my mind, but I'm seeing maybe you can think of something. I, I think it's more that we have identified a suite of removal options for Blue and written it all down and delivered it to the set designers. Like, here are a whole bunch of tools in your toolbox. Does, does it blue in your set? Is it having trouble? Does it need a removal spell? Does it need a way to deal with enemy creatures? Here are a bunch of options. Uh, and that, to me, is the big innovation. And then, yeah, taking away is... Um, we're, we're take, we've taken away blue's ability to exile permanence. Like, this is just um, something that we're... We're not in the market for anymore. So something else we took away from Blue. Let's talk about this. Um, once upon a time, Blue is king of getting artifacts out of the graveyard. It is oh, no, yeah, it is no longer that. that. So let's talk about what. why is Blue no longer that? Right. We had a, a, a meeting where we sat down and talked about how all the different colors should interact with the graveyard. And we found large areas of overlap and there were colors that had a very large portfolio of things that they could uh get back from the graveyard and blue was one of those colors where like it could get artifacts back it could get instants back it could get sorceries back and ultimately uh and and white was was hurting for things to do right we were we were at this this was sort of related to the uh, we need to fix white situation. Uh, so we looked at blue and we also also looked at red because uh, red has been historically been able to sacrifice artifacts to bring other artifacts back, uh, the sort of classic goblin welder effect. And uh, yeah, we, we decided that uh, blue and red should be more about instances of sorceries and white can be more about artifacts and enchantments. And green can remain able to get anything back. Um, so, yeah, in, in a sort of effort to give white a more distinctive identity and sort of concentrate that juice into uh, a color that needed it more, we decided that, you know, things like Academy Ruins and such were something we didn't want to do in, in blue anymore. Another thing that we changed, this is a couple years ago, but just think of things that we changed... Um, blue has given away some of its polymorphing. Want to talk about that? Well, I don't know if I would characterize it quite that way. It's it's more that blue blue is not a bunch of polymorph effects, which allows you to get rid of a creature and replace it with a creature from the library, uh, a random creature essentially. Um, and I think blue is still allowed to do that, but we've we've found that like that type of effect is something that red just needs more like red 
Red wants these sort of exciting high variance plays and, and polymorph um, when it's not super optimized, where you have like a bunch of token generators and an Eldrazi in your deck. Uh, the the sort of ideal form of polymorph, where you really don't know what you're going to get, uh, feels very red and uh, and is the sort of exciting splashy effect that doesn't involve the word damage that we're always looking for for red. So, yeah, but I, uh, I think the line we drew was if you're making a transformation and you mostly know what you're turning into, that's more blue. Mm-hmm. But if you're making a transformation and who knows what you could turn into, then that's supposed to be a little bit more red. Uh, obviously, there's, there's some gray middle area between that, but... Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to go through the colors... And I want to talk about what are the challenges between blue and that color? Like, what, 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 where are you fighting for things? Okay? Sure. So we'll start with white. What do blue and white fight over? Blue and white fight over flyers. Um, they are sort of both primary in flying. And in general, we say that blue is the best at flying. Blue is at the top. Um, but in practice... It's uh, it's pretty hard to make a strong differentiation there. Very often for blue, we will make the sort of strongest common. We like to have one common in each color that is like the really strong one. Uh, and for blue, this is more often than not a flying creature. So you're going to see some, some very powerful blue flyers uh, over the next few years at common that may look a little out of place, like, wow, I haven't seen one like this before. Um, okay. So that's sort of the tool that we're, we've been using to help to, to make sure that, that blue and white feel a little bit different. Also, just in general, we try to make it so that uh, blue's large flyers are a little stronger and white's small flyers are a little bit stronger. This plays into white's sort of go-wide army flavor and blue's more of a, a control-type color. Uh, so the control finisher can be the stronger card. Though, obviously, in practice, we like to make sweet angel cards that uh, our players want to have. So it's hard to it's hard to stick to that line, right? So, so here's another thing that blue and white fight over that we've done the opposite. We said white's supposed to do better than blue, and we blue had been doing a little bit better than white, uh, which is flickering slash blinking. Oh, sure. um, so that you're removing something and bringing it back. Uh, yeah, this this is an effect that is often problematic and also somewhat unintuitive for newer players. So I tend not to think about it very often because it's not a tool that I use very much anymore. Yeah, the thing for enfranchise, it has so much, like, it interacts with so many things, it has a lot of combo potential, so the, enfran- the, the enfranchise players tend to like it, but it is something you have to be careful with, because it's, yeah, a little non-intuitive. Yeah, it, it's just, it's a it's a tool that I, it's more of a, you know, one one card in a set kind of thing oh, for yeah, me yeah, these yeah. days, yeah. so I don't have to worry too much about differentiating between the colors as much. Okay, next, Black. What a blue and black fight over. Blue and black fight over milling and using opponent's stuff. Uh, there's sort of a very fun, uh, some people describe it as a, a roguelike uh, play pattern where you are playing with your opponent's cards in one way or another, and your deck is built to do that. Uh, and blue and black are both uh, good at that. 
we don't have a very strong differentiation between especially uh, which color can play cards from the opponent's library, uh, the sort of Gaunti effect, as, as we frequently call it. Uh, both of them can do it. It's fun to make that deck, uh, but I do think that uh, it may be worth trying to differentiate those two colors a little bit in sort of how they do that. But uh, yeah, we yeah, just don't. Then, pardon? We don't do it that much. That it's a lot harder to differentiate when you do it every once in a while versus right. when you are doing it all the time. It's much right. easier. It's the type so. of effect that tends to appear on rare cards, uh, and so. But we are we are building up a critical mass of these cards, which yeah. in as someone who designs for Commander a lot, uh, when when we start to get enough of a thing that it becomes a deck archetype that people can build around, yeah. and then it then it starts to <laughs> that's sort of the that's the advantage of the eternal card pool of Commander is that you have access to all these cards, and so there are deck archetypes that would just be, you know, very specialized and just up to the point of absurdity in a smaller constructed format like standard. Right. But, um, you know, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well there's like 30 different cards that do this effect. I guess there's a deck now, but that's a cool thing we could do. Yeah. Also I should point out for blue, black, blue, black has kind of the opposite problem of what we're talking about here in that, Blue, black, I think of all the color pairs has the least amount of overlap. And so, yeah. like, whenever we're trying to overlap them, you know, hybrid or something, like, it's blue and black are the problem child just because they're, they're the most individual. They, they, they don't overlap all that much. And, like, we've added, like, milling to black to try to get more overlap between them. So that's kind of funny. Um, okay, next up, red. What do blue and red fight over? Blue and red fight over instants and sorceries. That is their mutual interest. Um, and, um, mostly the, the rewards that they can offer are very different from each other. So it's a sort of, usually a harmonious, uh, partnership, but, uh, we do give them both the ability to recur instances of sorceries, uh, from the graveyard. And so those, you know, uh, Archaeomancer style effects are equally appropriate in each of those colors. Uh, and that seems fine. Also, like, prowess-style effects are things that are fun in both blue and red. Uh, in general, like, the powerful prowess creature that uh, also has flying is a way to make it feel nice and blue. And uh, But sort of the, the sort of normal prowess creature with no other ability, the, the fun, ideal shape of that creature is usually a little toughness-statted, so that tends to push... Um, push us to make our red prowess creatures look kind of more like blue prowess creatures. Like a, a one three with prowess can be a really fun shape for a card, whereas a three one with prowess is often uh, not actually very fun in practice, just because it uh, trades off in combat too easily. So another overlap between blue and red is what I'll, I'll call sort of the tricky area. Um, like blue and red overlap in spell copying and spell redirection, mm -hmm. and, you know, like the there's a, uh, and you could also argue that some of like the um, polymorphish stuffs in the space that um, blue and red are both the tricky colors that sort of mess with the opponent in different ways. Yeah, and I I found that uh, as we design sets, it's just 
usually usually red just wants those things more than blue does. I think that blue just has more design space for instance and sorceries. Um, and so I found that more often than not, those sorts of meta magic cards that copy spells or, or redirect cards tend to end up in red just because uh, red doesn't have quite as many cool things to do as blue does. Okay, the final color, green. What do blue and green fight over? Blue and green fight over very little, actually. They have they have very little in common these days. Um, some some uh, types of effects. A lot a lot of the things having to do with card draw are the the places where we've had to really uh, take a hard look at what green is doing and what blue is doing and, and what they ought to be doing. We've been taking away a lot of card draw effects from green or trying to really specialize them in a way that uh, that feels particular to green's strengths. You know, for quite recently, we would have cards that, like, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under control, draw a card. And we decided we didn't like that in green. Like, that almost feels more like something white ought to be doing. Not, not saying we would print that in white either, but it encourages a white style of play pattern where you're playing lots of small creatures so you can keep drawing more cards to play more small creatures. Green should be about a smaller number of big creatures. Uh, so rewarding you for draw, for uh, for large creatures uh, with drawing cards seems fine in green. Uh, we've had curiosity-style effects where if the, the creature hits an opponent, you draw a card. Uh, those have been in both green and blue. I imagine the, those would uh, would still stay in both of those colors. But in general, there's not a lot of strategic overlap between these two colors, which is actually kind of a challenge. I think that the the overlap is less than I would want it to be because it, it's always hard to find limited archetypes for green blue to do. Yeah, the, it's, it's the hardest. It, it, it is, is the hardest. It is the problem child of uh, yeah. draft archetypes. It really is. Uh, just because, like, <laughs> Both of these colors, they're the two worst colors at, at removing creatures. And in limited, you need to be able to remove creatures. We've we've given them both some tools to help them fight against enemy creatures, but they're still the weakest, and by design. But uh, the sort of natural play pattern, if you were just playing with, with sort of generic core set cards, low synergy uh, environment uh, for green-blue is a sort of slow ramp deck uh, where you are drawing extra cards with your blue cards and searching for lands with your green cards and trying to build up to some big game-ending threats before you get run over by your opponent, which is fine. That's that's what the colors naturally want to do, but we don't want... We, we want each limited environment to feel distinctive, and so uh, we're always on the hunt for what's the... What's the cool, distinctive archetype this time? Is there something different we can do for green-blue? Uh, because there are only a few uh, sort of natural archetypes that they tend to fall into. So if we have a, a set theme or a mechanic that can uh, give us something different, we're always really hungry for that sort of thing. Okay, so we only have a few minutes left here because I, I can see my desk. Um <laughs> The, my question for you is, uh, I want to pontificate a little bit on the future of blue. So if you if you could peer out to the future, where where do you think blue might be headed? Like, what are what's the 
interesting space that Blue might be exploring? I feel like it's 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 a bit of a dodge, but I feel like Blue is lacking in fun, splashy, big effects. Uh, I don't know what those are supposed to look like yet, but I would uh, sort of want to if I if I was going to put together like a strike team or whatever to like chart the course of blue, I would try to find some new novel effects that we think are fun for blue to do that are nevertheless not going to you know upset the apple cart because I do feel like we really struggle to make cool, exciting, rare cards for blue uh, just because. So much of the, the power of blue is in very well understood spaces, you know, drawing cards, countering spells, playing big flying creatures, and uh, it feels like we have we have trouble both with blue and with red in sort of finding these these splashy novel effects. Yeah, and I know we spent I mean, one of the things we've spent some time on is trying to carve new space. I mean, it's hard, you know, 25,000 cards in to go, let's find some new space we haven't done yet. But uh, yeah. it's something we're always looking at. Yeah, I, I think that is uh, that is the struggle for Blue, is to make sure that make sure that the new cards, you know, look splashy and exciting and let you do new things, uh, rather than sort of, here's a refresh of this card you've seen 15 times or whatever. Yeah, it's one of the, the jokes in, uh, I know, in vision design is uh, we always hand over too many card drawing effects. <laughs> That's the, the our note from set design, just that. Right, they can yeah. design those card drawing effects themselves. Like, they don't need us to do that. Well, and now with that, we, we tend to, like, what's, like, here's a neat thing to do with blue. What's the output? Oh, how about we draw oh, cards, you know? Yeah. Um, and mean, drawing I, cards is I fun, love, but, you know. I love drawing cards as an output. And, like, I'm yeah. sure that I'm more guilty than average of that, actually, because ultimately drawing a card mm -hmm. is one of the funnest things you can do in Magic, right? Drawing a card is it's a random card. You don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. It opens up a new uh, opportunity for something to do. Um, and... Whatever your deck theme is, that card is going to be part of it. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm I'm all about drawing a, drawing a few cards here and there. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it's very true that when you're designing rares and stuff, that there's there's the go-to effects you do because drawing cards is fun. You're know, copying things is fun, but then you you quickly run out of the and here's the fun things blue does. But there's there's just only so many of those effects that are that are fun to do, and I agree with you that that's why it's tricky. So anyway, I want to thank you, Ethan, for being with us and, and talking blue. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm enjoying all these talks with all the color people. So anyway, uh, guys, I'm at my desk. So we all know what that means. That means it's my end of, the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Thank you, Ethan, for being with us. Thank you. And I'll see all of you next time. Bye-bye.